Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to episode two of Finding Annie. Sound the klaxon. No, really, do sound it. That's better. Okay, let's start with a memory. So I remember exactly when you became a mum. We were doing the annual release of the Sunshine Mix, and I think it was due for release um, in the spring. I got a text from you on the morning of release day at 6am saying, it's all started, babe. Um, And of all the days, I couldn't believe it. So I just wondered whether to carry on, whether not to carry on. Was it a little bit um, insensitive to be releasing a mix on exactly the same time that you were having a baby? But anyway, it was your first baby. So I assumed that you would be in labour all day. And um, I just cracked on as normal. But obviously you being the most impatient person that I know, you phoned me four hours later, just an hour before everything was due to launch. And I thought, what the hell is Annie doing calling me while she's in labour? Anyway, I picked up the phone and it was you. And you sounded so different to how I'd ever heard you before. You were so loved up. And um, your beautiful baby had arrived safely. And you were just calling to tell me to crack on as normal, that you didn't want to interfere with anyone's hard work. And um, I think I said something along the lines of you're a total nutter, (laughs) along with all the celebrating that we were doing, and that you should get off the phone. Okay, so that was Lucy talking about the very first time I worked and parented at the same time. Lucy is my manager and longtime friend, and she's seen it all. Um, and yeah, that was that was a big day for me in many, many ways. Um, I'll never forget it. So we've spoken about birth in series one of this podcast with Sarah Cox. Since I had my kid, kids now, I've found that the hardest thing to navigate about being a parent is working. The eternal conundrum of how you work and parent at the same time and do both well. I'm still working on it. I'm still learning. I'm not sure if it's possible, but that's what this episode is about. So the first thing you need to do when you go back to work is find someone to look after your kid. That could be a childminders. It could be a nursery. uh, It could be a nanny share. It could be a nanny. In my case, it was a nanny. So you got to find someone you trust, someone who uh, loves your kid but doesn't overly love them and understands the bond between you and your kid and knows when to give you space to have that bond. Um, someone who is fun, someone who can sit on the floor and play with them and not have their face in their phone all the time. That's your job. Only joking, kind of not. Someone who can cook for them, someone who can remember about their homework, 
all of this shit that you need someone to be able to be good at, um, as well as someone who can be in your house and you can be an idiot in front of, flaws and all, and, and not mind. Um, so that's really hard. When you do find that person, it is fucking nectar from the gods. It's the best feeling in the world. The next thing you have to navigate then is your kid and you have to deal with their emotions of you leaving them and that's really hard because they have no kind of value for money if you say oh I need to go make money they're like fuck money let's go to the playground you know they're two they don't care so the thing that I've found um, the easiest about that is just kind of the repetition of leaving and coming back and always telling them and teaching them that you're going to always come home no matter what and and them kind of understanding that and them getting calmer and calmer with you going uh, like as you do it so that's that. Then your kid's happy, your childcare is good, um, and you're ready to work. Once you work, then it's a constant navigation of people at work understanding that you have other things and you can't maybe commit to work in quite the way, the 110% way that you did before. Um, you can't go out till super late every night. You can't go the extra mile. Um, you can only work between these hours. You know, that's a constant thing that I'm still learning as well. Um, but yeah, it's something that I'm always doing working and parenting it's the biggest thing that I do right now and the thing that's most at the top of my head is 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 those two hats that I wear all the time um my dad worked away from home for most of my childhood he was working from about four to five days a week and um he worked in England and he hated it I've learned that in retrospect but at the time I didn't really, I don't, I don't have any memories of kind of a big loss or a big kind of gaping hole in my life where my dad should have been in those weekdays. Uh, I remember him coming home and bringing chocolate bars for us and that being a really big deal for us. Um, so the anticipation of him coming home. Uh, and I remember my mom kind of being there all the time. And even when I was old enough to go to school, she then went back to her job as a primary school teacher working in the same primary school that I was in. So she was always a presence, even when she was a working parent, which which was very, very lucky for me, obviously. Um, we are lucky in the UK that maternity leave exists. Um, in America, there is no federal law at all guaranteeing women or men paid time off after they have a baby. Instead, they leave it up to employers. So this survey from 2016 said that more than 40% of companies choose not to offer any paid maternity leave at all. So more than 40% of companies don't give you maternity leave. So not only do you have to navigate fucking getting pregnant and having a baby, right, then getting childcare, you have to be working at the right company that will actually pay you for maternity leave. It's next level. It never even occurred to me that maternity leave wasn't a given in all countries. Um, America is the only country in the Western world that doesn't guarantee any paid maternity leave, by the way. So fuck you, America. Um, get with it. Come on, you're America. The extreme opposite of this, by the way, and something I'm obsessed with and sh think should be emulated all over the world, is Iceland. So Iceland's parental leave laws are the bomb. They allow nine months of leave to be divided between the parents. However... Three months has to be taken by the mother and three months has to be taken by the father and the remaining three months are open for both to share between them. So the mum has to take the first two weeks herself, like by law, I presume to encourage breastfeeding. Um, 
Other after that, she has to take three months at some point in the nine months. The dad takes three months at some point in the nine months, and then they split the rest between them. So they could do like one week on, one week off for the whole time, or one month on, one month off, whatever. But it's amazing. And I'm presuming this also applies for same-sex couples or adoptive parents as well. There's also talk of Iceland... Um, extending that leave, by the way, to 12 months, with five months for each parent to share and then two months to split between them. It's amazing. It's so obvious. It should be equal from the start. All those things that kind of, in heterosexual parenting anyway, are, are kind of rooted from the start, where the, where the dad goes, oh, no, that's your mother's job. She knows better. She's been, you know, she's got the bond. Oh, no, it's a mother's. It's like, fuck that. It shouldn't be. Like, both parents should be able from the start to spend this really precious time bonding with their kid, gaining the confidence and ability to be the best parent. And you can only do that from spending fuckloads of time with your baby when they're small so if both parents get to do that there's no divide it's fully equal it's as it should be it is fair okay rant over there's clearly lots of work to do when it comes to parental leave have to talk about flexible working as well it's next level there needs to be more laws for people to be able to work in their own time especially with the way that we work these days we're all on our fucking phones anyway um there has to be more of that. And I think the more women we have in companies higher up, um, the more this will be kind of forced through. You know, systems where their staff have flexible hours will become more acceptable because women will be making the rules. Um, so, yes, hopefully that will happen sooner rather than later. One person who I've been discussing all this with quite a bit recently is Jessie Ware. So Jessie Ware, best known for being a singer and most recently an incredible podcaster with her podcast Table Manners that she does with her mum. She became a mum in the last few years and she actually rang me one day and asked me, how the fuck do you do it in the music industry? How do you tour? How do you travel? How do you navigate being a parent or a mother specifically um, in this industry? And we talked about it a lot. And the truth is, when I had my kid, I was kind of in the prime of my DJ career, touring America, touring Australia, traveling all the time, doing residencies in Ibiza. And that stopped pretty promptly. It stopped because I got a job soon after, which was every night of the week in BBC Radio 1. And that was a job that I'd always wanted. And it meant that I had to stay in London five days a week, which meant that I couldn't tour nearly as much as I, as I did before. Um, so that was an easy way out for me. I was like, I've got this job, I want this job, I'm going to tour less and, I, you know, I'm going to see my kid more. But what if you don't want to do that? What if you still want to tour all the time and you have a kid? How do you navigate that? That is just one of many things that I spoke to Jessie about in this episode. I went to her house. Her second baby is still very small and extremely cute, FYI. And um, she welcomed me and she was fucking knackered and trying to do 10 things at once. And she was really generous with her time. And I sat on the floor of her living room and this is what happened. Please enter the podcast, Jessie Ware. What is your most kind of res like b- biggest most kind of profound memory of parenting so far? As well, my a, personal, as a personal parent, like your own memory. Like, what is the one that you will carry with you to the grave from the last two and a bit years of being a parent? My most profound memory of being a parent, yeah. and I don't know if this is too abstract, but just guilt. Okay, guilt, mm-hmm. guilt, guilt. Mm-hmm. Um, which actually was quite interesting that's kind of more with my daughter 
I don't know whether I just don't have the capacity to feel any more guilt with um, working and and uh, with the second one, but it was interesting kind of this week was a really big week for working. I kind of was doing, I mean, it was ridiculous. I've, we were shooting the cookbook and then I was going to the studio with James Ford and it was just one of those ones where you're like juggling and then it's like, oh, the baby's the afterthought. Yeah. My daughter's kind of sorted out because she's in nursery and we kind of, mm-hmm. you know, it works. But like <laughs> the baby literally was being like passed the parcel to like mum, uh, cleaner, uh, uh, husband, uh, photographer maybe was holding him and then I'd come back and I'd be like, okay, cool, back. And I, I remember... The first time round with my daughter going back to work and like just k- kicking myself and, and 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 punishing myself and feeling so upset and torn and guilty and this time I don't think I'm just like oh where, where's the baby oh cool yeah thanks so much and it's, it's so different this time but the first time was so much guilt and actually it's quite wonderful um, to not be feeling as much guilt this time mm, um, mm. but like memory wise fuck what's your one. I think probably the labours. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah, of course. I think both labours. Yeah, you're so right. Uh, because, because and we haven't really, even kind of become a parent yet, yeah. really. But because because they are things that I wrote down as soon as they were done and shared with my friends and kind of, the, the memories are imprinted in my brain. That's so, so They're, they're so the ones true. I will yeah. bring with me because they're so profound. That's so true, actually. Yeah. I mean, I had two very different births. I don't know about you. Did you have two very different births? I had two very similar births. You had really good ones, right? I had very, very lucky births. I don't know about luck. Oh, babe, I was lucky. Why Why do you think it was luck? I don't know, because my cervix opened really fast. <laughs> <laughs> you must have been my quite relaxed. Played, played ball. I was pretty chilled, I guess. Did yeah. you prep? No. Did you do any hypnobirthing? No. Oh my God. Do you feel like maybe it was ignorance is bliss? You kind of didn't know too much. Yeah, I think it was a bit of that. I think it was also inheriting my mammy's body because my mum was the same, my sister was the same. Ah. All the women in our family have had really fast, furious births. It was terrifying, but it was quick. And because it was quick... It was, you know, the the kind of scariness didn't linger because it just happened quickly. It's funny because actually now you say the birth, I mean, yeah, mine were both pretty different, Mm. um, but equally kind of beautiful. Yeah. And I've never felt like my husband has been more in awe or in love with me Mm. as when you are doing that and you're in it. And I've never felt as together as I will ever feel like you are, I'm lucky, like we were such a team and he was amazing. I bet. But like he, he said it was the best moment of his life. The the second birth was actually you're sitting on the stain where the baby came. Oh my God. (laughs) He's on the, yeah. Oh my God. Because you did it at home. Yeah, we did it at home in this room. Oh my yeah. God, babe, yeah. I am just in awe of that. I wish I could have done that. You know that. what? It was so funny because like my mum was like, take all the drugs you want. Don't be a hero. And yeah. like I, Sam was born in a bathtub in Brixton wow. in a commune and like it couldn't get more kind of natural yeah. than yeah. that and hippie. And we did birth centre for the first one and the second one was in this room. And it nearly wasn't in this room because I was two weeks overdue. So I was about to be induced. And then like wow. Matey decided to, uh, to, uh, show, to show show up. Mm. So that's going to be interesting to see how he is later with this mm. attitude that he thinks he can be two weeks late <laughs> and not piss me off. Um, and then all is forgiven because he was well cute. But yeah, it was, it was really uh, amazing. And actually, you're so right. You tell that story so much. Yeah. That, and I feel like it was really 
lovely we got a doula on the second one like I really indulged myself I was like sod it if I'm gonna do it at home then I'm gonna have especially like, at home yeah, yeah I think so um so I got a doula and she was tell- asking us to like tell her about uh, the first experience and we were kind of saying and I kind of turned it into a bit of a like slight rom-com yeah. a bit of a Larry like a bit of a kind of Curb Your Enthusiasm episode like lots of kind of comedy of errors like you know yeah. uh me talking about Great British Bake Off and somebody being in my labour with work experience even and just yeah. gawping at me and it was just all <laughs> yeah. don't know anybody that gets work experience that isn't training as a midwife that yeah. can like being a labor but anyway so all these weird things come being sent home and you know yeah. and we were kind of laughing about it she was like that sounds really quite kind of stressful and I was like you know what like I think it was so intense and kind of brilliant we, we laugh about it now but yeah I think it, yeah. I've got such a positive and I feel very lucky about that yeah. this this memory of it but what I've done and I don't know if you do this mm. I write my kid a letter every <gasps> birthday Oh, Jesse, I don't do this. Talk to me. But you should do this yeah. because of your memory. Yeah. So it kind of... Because I can't remember. Like, you're asking me all these things. And I, like... Yeah. What's... When did they first have their bit of food? I don't fucking know. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, when are they going to the ask these questions? That's why I did this podcast. is because someone asked me what my second kid's first word was. And I didn't know. So... And I was like, how the fuck do I not know? Right. Already. Well, you're well, only two no, and a half. No, no, I know. But there's lots of stuff going on. Yeah. And so what I'm trying to do is write them a letter every year yeah not give it to them yet mm-hmm. um give it to them when they're maybe 20 21 yeah as a present and it's just gonna be a book of letters to them oh and telling God, them that's <laughs> so beautiful it is, you know what it's like not the most beautiful writing but at least i will it will feel more memorable like i'll remember the stuff more and yeah. remember that those weird things that they were doing whether it's that my daughter hums herself to sleep every night and and yeah. uh, or or kind of the, the, the funny things that she said or what he, you know, his birth. So like the fact mm. that you wrote down your birth, mm. like maybe you should start writing a letter to you. Yeah, babe, that's And you're such, such a good writer. A wonderful idea. Let's talk about being a parent now. Mm. I, I was out for dinner with T, my husband, last yeah. time. And we were talking about parenting and he was like, he was saying that he still doesn't feel like a legitimate parent. Like really? compared to all the other parents in school, like he doesn't feel qualified compared to them. Why? Because I think he's young compared to them. How old is Where he? we are in, in Northwest London, a lot of the parents are older. Uh-huh. He's 34. So he, he had his first baby when he was 28. Right. So when he was going to nurse, which is totally normal. Yeah he, he, yeah. he went to nursery with like his backpack on his back and it was all like proper dads in their 40s. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It was just like, I feel so like inadequate. And, and, and I wanted to ask you about kind of feeling adequate as a parent. And when you see another parent in the street, like when you see a mom pushing a buggy, mm. do you identify as a parent? now are you fully there yeah okay i i i i remember somebody said the other day because i have to bring the sling and the buggy out because mm. my kid doesn't like to go in the buggy so you have to have the emergency sling and i remember i was talking about it and my friend was saying the other day she was like i've always wondered why somebody's holding their baby in a, as in a sling and Pushing and they're pushing a buggy. a buggy and I was like, and then she said, and now I realise. And it made yeah. me laugh because I think that, that it is a funny old secret club and you kind of give each other a nod in the street yeah. if you're friendly enough. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's a real, it can be a beautiful um, sisterhood. Mm. Mm. Um, and being a parent, I it's all I've ever really wanted to be. 
Really? Oh my God. I never knew that. Yeah, I mean, it was the thing I was most obsessed with. And actually I've struggled... I, I always think I'm not good enough and I, I have to have basic, I have think I, I think I'm, I think my husband would say I'm quite hard on myself because yeah. I always kind of, um, I, I think nothing that I'm doing is, is ever good enough because I guess, because I've worked so much. Um, yeah. and I, and did your mum work when you were growing up? She did. My dad was the breadwinner yeah. and my mum did go back to work, but she was definitely more at home yeah. and, she didn't go to back, back to work after like 10 weeks or like, yeah. you know, but we she was a social worker and it was a different, she had a maternity leave. Yeah. And so, do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, you know, um, you and I have talked about this a lot, you know, you were the person that I rung up yeah. before I decided to have sex with my husband. <laughs> um, uh, but I was like, uh, let me just check with Annie if this is cool. Um, <laughs> but I did, I rung you because, you know, I respected uh, you and because, and I was like, can I still be a pop star and be a mum? Mm. And you were like, absolutely you can. It will make you far more driven. It will make you more focused. And 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 it has, but it, to kind of a scary extent, Like, but it also exciting. Like, I feel like my career at the moment is the most exciting and varied that it's been. Maybe this is the guilty mother in me, but I always feel like Sam is far more effortless at being a parent than I am. Mm, mm. Like I, he just kind of does it and rolls with the punches and I'm kind yeah. of a bit more like, it will be- Overthinking like, things. Yeah, overthinking yeah. things, whether it's been, will be their dinner for that day or yeah. whether it's like the activity that I'm going to do with them. Like, yeah. and I think it's, maybe that's me being like overcompensating. Yeah. I am very present. This is the thing. I'm making me sound like I never see my children. I'm, you know, I'm there well, every I mean, bedtime, but like, and like, and I'm yeah. there every day. And luckily with this podcast, like a lot of the work has been home. at home. Yeah, and that's been quite, wonderful. quite terrifying about the idea of like going out for the next record, to be mm. honest. Like I've quite enjoyed yeah. this. You took your daughter on yeah. tour with you, yeah. right? How was that process? I mean, looking back, I think it's really special. I think the band and the team loved it. It was fucking expensive and okay. <laughs> I made no money, fine, but the experience was amazing. And actually it was for a very short period of time because I couldn't afford to have her and Sam in the States. And that broke my heart because it meant that I had committed to a three week tour and they weren't going to be able to be there. And so that saying goodbye was... And she was how old? She was... Um, a year and a half. Yeah, that's very, very tough. Yeah, and I, f- I flew them. They flew out with me to Coachella and Coachella and LA. So they were there for a good like ten days because you and I, we, we were in LA together and it was great. But that saying goodbye, I was torturing myself and I didn't. I love my. I love touring in America and I wanted to do the tour. The tour wasn't selling amazingly. Yeah. So I was a bit like, well, I'm about to do this fucking tour mm. and be away from my daughter for three weeks. She will never, she won't remember that, thank God. But I I remember that being fucking hard. But the touring that we did do, it was, you know, it takes a village. I brought my brother along who thought it was going to be far more um, glamorous than it was. And he didn't realise that I was literally treating him like Uncle Alex, nanny, you need to put (laughs) her to bed now because I've got to go and get ready for the show. Um, He was a bit like, he was a bit like Kevin, who's kind of like, ugh. and but it was it was amazing like you know the photos we've got like her in this double bed because obviously she couldn't go in the bunks and so I'm in the bunk I'm like night night and her and Sam were sleeping in the double bed having a lovely time like and it was yeah yeah, but it felt again like I felt like 
I never was able to give her enough time because you don't, I don't want to take myself too seriously, but like when you're preparing for a show, you want to put the show on and you need to be that kind of enhanced version, like over the top version performer. And so you had to like switch off from being like a mum. And I'm Mm. sure you get this with like DJ. Oh babe, my my daily, I'll get to that. You carry on and I'll tell you about my daily (laughs) life and all my hats. Um, So you, yeah, like it would start, so say you'd had a gig the night before. Mm. You, Sam would let me sleep in because like sleep is so important for singing because that's what goes as soon as you're tired like your voice goes and it's, it's quite it was quite a strenuous gig for me vocally um um and so I'd sleep in so then I'd wake up and feel immediately guilty that I'd missed maybe like it was probably like I'd wake up at maybe 10 mm. and I'd then try and like pack in a kind of an hour of attention to her while equally trying to sort out touring stuff uh outfits outfits um, yeah. uh, just budgets mm. uh whether we're gonna uh make any money with merch that night da, 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 you know mm. like it, you know and actually at the, at the time I was pretty unmanaged um I was going I was in a kind of a bit of a um, yeah, limbo so and stressful it was carrying it, all of that on top of no it was stressful it was a weird year last year and lots of beautiful things happened about like uh I swear, I told you this though. I think, I think I conceived after your wedding. Oh my God. Like that night, I was after the Benji B The night set. of that Benji B wedding set. It's one of the best yeah. DJ sets I've ever witnessed I was like, like maybe I will have sex with you tonight. <laughs> um, but I think, I think basically, <laughs> the baby was conceived after your wedding. Oh my um, God. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, yeah, so lots of kind of highs and lows of last year. Um, but yeah, it was very stressful, but You'd go and play, they'd have a nap. You'd have to try and find the local, like, Hamburg play, um, like, soft yeah, play place soft play. Or, oh or a swimming place. Yeah, and so it was, yeah. but that was kind of fun because it made meant that you tried to get out. But, like, in Prague when it was snowing, like, like blowing a hole, like, it was, um, my daughter did not want to be in the cold. No. And you're kind of going, right, we must explore this beautiful city. Yeah. And then she's just like, no. I just want to watch Peppa yeah, Pig on the exactly. bus. exactly. So, exactly. <laughs> and then the bus, when she'd be waking up at like six or seven and then like climbing the walls. Oh I mean, we had stickers, bless, like the the, 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 um, the bus driver was so lovely. Like he'd, we'd had paper plates. Yeah. She'd just be like sticking and drawing. And then he'd like, he had like a gallery of all her like oh, pit artwork. Sweetheart. It was really sweet, but like, it was a lot of juggling. And then you'd be kind of like, right, let's do bedtime and, and then I'd be like, right, I need to go and get ready and mm. get makeup done. And it was just, it was a lot of juggling. Mm. And and then you like want to decompress after the show. Of course. And yeah. I sound like I'm moaning about it and I'm not at all because that was my decision. And mm. it's a weird job that I appreciate every day. And it is really exciting. And Sam at the beginning was like, why the hell are we doing this? And then by the, when once you bedded in yeah. and it kind of was like camping and you got like yeah. into your into the rhythm of yeah. it. Yeah. He was like, this is amazing. This is magical. And I actually think it's really shaped her. She's a really gregarious kid and yeah. she is really confident. Um, mm. And, you know, she'd be on like sound check with me and we'd give her the mic and she'd enjoy that. And she'd go and play the bass. I mean, it was like a music class for her. But yeah. I, and I'd like to think that she will look back and be really um, inspired to yeah. work hard and mm. to be able to, if you work hard, you get what you want, mm. hopefully, or you can achieve. Um, great things but um so hopefully that will be inspiring that's the thing that i keep on reminding myself when i'm working and 100 uh, percent. hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th Do you want to tell people the big news 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I mean, this is when, like, you wear your different hats. Okay, talk to me. But I, like, I think that... I don't know if I was impressed with myself or completely mortified, but when I was vocaling this song I did with Octavian, I'd negotiated with the management that I was, like... My baby was, like, six or eight weeks old, Mm. the new one. And I... He was, like, can you start at two? Also, no, Octavian first rung me up at like uh, on a Friday, on a Saturday night. I was watching Casualty. Yeah. And he's like, Yo, Jesse, like, you've got to come to the studio now. I need you on this phone, this mixtape. And I was like, Babe, I, I'm watching Casualty. I'm watching Casualty, and I have two children. I can't just like up and leave. Um, and I was like, We need to schedule this in. Um, yeah. So, anyway, we started scheduling it in, and um, I. Um, uh, they asked me to start at four and I was like, that's when he cluster feeds. Hell no. Yeah. And like for them, they're probably like, eh. uh, so <laughs> first time like, they've ever been introduced yeah. to that. So word. I was like, okay, well what I was asking for 10 o'clock, which yeah. was a big, um, big PM ask. or AM AM. AM. Of course yeah. I was. Yeah. I, I want to be in bed. But yeah. As soon as the baby was going to sleep, I was going to bed. 10 o'clock sleep. is late. Mate. <laughs> yeah. Well, not so, for Octavian. Yeah, yeah. No. So, no. And he wasn't even vocaling. So I was like, okay, well, I will, um, I'll compromise with 12 o'clock start. Mm-hmm. Um, can we make it two? No, 12. If he's a gent, he will respect that I have only four hours in the studio and this is the first bit of work that I'm doing back in the, in the studio mm-hmm. and I have a young baby. No, it will be 12 o'clock. Okay, deal. I get there at 12 o'clock with my manager. He doesn't get His there. management get there. He doesn't get there. I'm like, where is he? They're like, um, he's getting in the cab. I'm like, bullshit. He get, he's not getting in the cab. What time did he get there? This is giving me He the got fear. there at two. <gasps> I was so angry. I'd started the track. I'd started vocaling and writing. When he walked in, I was breastfeeding mm-hmm. and vocaling. And that isn't me being like a super mum because I actually really struggled with breastfeeding. I think yeah. it's the biggest difficulty. Like, I found it so hard. Yeah. Um, but I was breastfeeding because he was about to pop, yeah. like, like start shouting, the baby. And uh, it's like a human dummy for him. So I was breastfeeding, trying to do this new singing. And Octavian, like, bowls in. like, And I was like, what? Time do you call this? What does it? And he was like, he was like, um, and you could see, I was like, oh god, I've pushed it too far. And I was like, how? Why do you think? Like, I, I mean, do you think this is easy for me? I am here. I'm here with an eight week old. Oh, eight week old, and I'm, you know, and he was like, because you're a G, and I thought you are a star, and you are charming, <laughs> and you are going to get away with murder. And there's me. I tried to and be also, a mom. I'm really happy that you called me a G. <laughs> yeah, called me a G. Thanks <laughs> so much. Call me that again. Yeah, please. Uh, thanks so much. And I really appreciate being on your next take. But um, yeah, I tried to basically mum. Octavian and I, I kind of caught myself and I was like, oh, maybe yeah. I can't treat, speak to him like my toddler. Like that. I've, I've had a similar situation with Pusha T. <laughs> 
where he was he was an hour and a half late for an interview at work and and it was it was t- i had come in early especially i'd broken the fucking <sighs> no, school run broken the shit. school run that and he came and i was it was supposed to be there at like four oh. and he was an hour and a half late and mm-hmm. his plugger kept doing that no 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 i just spoke to them they're on their way yeah yeah, yeah they're in the cab do you know they're what he was doing he was in selfridges oh, he was shit. shopping no and he came into the studio like laying with <gasps> shopping bags and I was like, great. But I didn't have the nerve. I fucking wish I did. But we just like really I did I did make a comment. Interview. I was like, great, you've been shopping then. That must have been great. I just kind of took the piss out of him a bit, but I didn't be like, have you any idea what I've fucking missed to, to for you to fucking get a Gucci shirt, you prick. Oh my god. I found it so disrespectful yeah. and, and annoying. And but also I was most annoyed with the plugger because I was like, just tell me the truth. Like, just say he's long. <laughs> And if you're going to, you know, he's long and he'll probably be another hour. But equally, In which case I could have gone yeah, and FaceTime my then kid. You, and then you also are kind of angry at yourself because you're like... Furious at myself. I should have just fucking not broken the rule. Yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway. It was when Oshin went to school that I found it the most difficult because I then have this job that's in the evenings. Mm. And he gets picked up from school at ten past three and I have to be in work for like five half five. Yeah. So that was what I found hard because if I didn't pick him up from school every day, I would only see him for like an hour every morning. How did you kind of make peace with that? So what I had to do, I I started by kind of, I started and and learned pretty quick that if I didn't put my foot down really, really like strictly for work, I would just keep getting booked to do stuff in the times that I needed to be with Oshin. So I had to actually put my foot down with all my teams and say, I am not working in between the hours of three o'clock and five o'clock every day, no matter what, I'm just not working. I still haven't got to the point where I'm not contactable and that's my next aim. Right. Sarah Cox gave me that advice. She was like, just say that no one can call you or email you in that time or WhatsApp you. Really? And I was like, that sounds a bit excessive. She's like, no, because if you're one of those people who goes to your WhatsApps, hello, yeah. can't ignore them, yeah. then your your mind is not there. You are not present for your children. That's, I'm the worst at that. Me too. So you're like, like, I'm here, I'm here, I love you, but I'm just sorting out something yeah. that's really yeah. pressing that, that I just need to reply. Yeah. All the time. So it's kind of the idea of how can you be the most present with them when you have the time with them. But Oshin, I, f- I find difficult. So I work in the mornings, I have meetings, um... I'll see Riley for like an hour for lunch or something. Then I will go back to work. Then I will go pick up Oshin. And sometimes I'll bring Riley with me and it's full on. And after school, he's tired. He's exhausted. He's hungry. He takes everything out on me, which I'm happy. You know, I'm happy that he feels he can do that. But it means that we have two hours that are really intense of him moaning and and, and kind of tantruming sometimes. Or or maybe we do a play date and it's just really, really intense managing his feelings, making sure he's okay, trying to get him to eat. And then and then I then I go to work and I have to interview Migos. You know what I mean? It's just like what the fuck is going on? So it's the idea of like putting on all these mad different hats and, and, and kind of being able to switch hats really quick. That's the bit that I found very difficult. Have you ever had a situation where, like, you haven't been able to switch that hat, like, that well? Like, yeah. when you've done an interview well, where you, like, literally want to burst into tears because you've just, like, had, yeah. I don't know, or... or like, or, like, I, I always feel like when I get into the car, because the kids, my kids now, when they get old enough to understand that you're going to work um, and it's a choice... That's when it's very hard because mm. they they don't want you to go. Yeah. So Oshin will be like, "Why are you going to work? Don't oh, go to work." Or I Riley, to put me or Riley, who's or... smaller, will say, "Don't get dressed, mummy. Don't put your coat on. Don't put your coat on," and that is absolute torture. Yeah. And with Oshin, I have to say, listen, I really love my work. 
yeah. really enjoy it yeah. and it makes me so happy mm. and, and but you find yourself going but we're going to spend all this time together on Saturday and we're going to do this, so yeah. this constant kind yeah. of back yeah. and forth and yeah. bribery but it's been so hard with Oshin because I have this really condensed limited time every day which is just when he's finished school mm. so you don't get that nice time after mm. dinner where he's chilled so and you can give him a bath and, more irritable with yeah, yeah and they're irritable with yeah, me yeah, yeah. so I found that really difficult and I've realised that parenting it's like it, you can never like it, I call it, I feel like it's like Tetris. It's constantly trying to shape, make shapes of time and schedule fit into mm. lives and move things mm. around and shift mm. things. Mm. And it's the idea of it being constant until they're grown, of you having to kind of shape shift your life and make it work. Yeah, like then. putting out fires and juggling plates. Yeah. And it really is like, you may think that you've just smacked something, uh, like done something really sick in one area and then you'll be like, oh, well, then I just like put yeah. the house down. I'm very lucky because Sam was just like, well, I'll, I'll take time off. That's fine. <sighs> but it's so annoying, right? Because like when... I'm I know, like, I know. Because I'm like, what a good guy. Yeah. But it's like, why shouldn't he? Yeah, no. Because women totally. always take the time off. So it's like, why are we applauding the men for doing this? It's really... And like, I, I appreciate everything. He's the best. But equally, what really riles me, and I don't want to just make this about rinsing my husband. I'm very impressed how he managed to do it. When yeah. he's looking after my son, mm. he's looking after him in the sense that like, he goes to baby cinema and stuff like that. When I'm looking after my son, the son is coming to meetings yeah. and the son is kind of being held by Nina Cherry in the podcast. Yeah. And, you know, she's burping <laughs> him and, you know, and that's me having my son. And I, and sometimes a bit jealous that he gets to go to baby cinema. Yeah. And he's just like, or he'll, he'll sleep when the baby sleeps because he needs all that sleep. And like, mm. I never did that. I'm yeah. so shit. Yeah. Did you ever sleep when the baby sleeps? I slept? was pretty good at that. Really? Mm. Do you ever feel overwhelmed as a parent? Like, and, I, and yes. when I say that, I mean kind of with the responsibility of having children and bringing them into the world. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, we, we, we are always the people that forget that he has to bring a fucking parent oh to school or wear a certain thing oh for my... nursery or all of that. Exactly forget holidays. Forget, forget, just we're, we're scatty as fuck. And it's because we're both yeah. busy and we both work full time. So I feel this responsibility of kind of overwhelmingly like I'm, I could be fucking it up for him. But also just the safety of him, just the idea of... He's just this little, they're just two little things made of flesh and bone and blood. And I am, they are fully in my care. And I don't know, just the overwhelming responsibility of of, of keeping them safe and keeping them alive. I, I have that in the car when I'm, because I'm the shittest driver. Yeah. So like, I have that as like a really basic, like, I'm like, fuck, I've got to drive her to fucking nursery today. Yeah. Um, shit, please, God, let me not crash this car. Yeah. Um, but um, I, we are the scattiest she is constantly in other people's um, nursery clothes because I've forgotten to put yeah. an extra pair of clothes. Or they'll be like, um, it's forest school day today and... Uh, you didn't I, bring the wellies. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, fuck, she's in sandals. Oh, that'll be all right. Um, I don't know, man. Like, so don't worry. Like, me and, yeah. me and Sam are exactly the same. Like, I forgot that it was, like, their trip to the farm. And, like, mm. all the other parents were like, farm day and then but then I remember this girl saying to me um the one time that I did try and make an effort I always remember my mum used to like make uh cakes like probably your lots of parents did um when it was your birthday you bring in cakes to Mm. the nursery or school to school Mm -hmm. and so I was like oh sod it like it's been her birthday I'm gonna bring in these like really shit pepper pig cupcakes that she made that look I mean 
they tasted divine because they were like those sugary like yeah. like cupcakes. But um, they look they bless them Peppa Pig like do muddy puddles on the top, so it's like yeah. literally like Brand diarrhea splattered on the top. <laughs> and when the toddler's doing it, it's like really yeah. sad. So I'm cute. Um, bring them in. They look like shit. They mm. definitely are not like perfect, beautiful thing executed. And I bumped a few mums in the uh, entrance of the nursery, and mm. I was like, and they were like, oh, what's that? And I was like, oh, it's like cupcakes for the kids and this girl said to me star mum award and I was like oh god do I look like that parent that's like oh and I felt so gross about it and then I was also like fuck yeah. you I know that that's really pass ag yeah I don't like that it was funny because I was just like yeah there's like yeah people that always kind of and I you think everyone's was... like the constant not being able to win you yeah know? totally and I was mm. like oh my god do I look like the show offy I mean they look like shit and they tasted a bit like shit too yeah. but they were like sugary and delicious but yeah. like and equally they weren't also, like sugar free also why should feel bad <laughs> I know, I know, but like, I think like that whole mum shaming with uh, poor Megan holding the baby, like, fuck it, like, she's got a fucking new kid, like, she can do do what she likes and she was doing it perfectly fine. People are horrendous. People are horrendous. Chrissy Teigen quote, I despise mummy shamers, I am a shamer of mummy shamers. I like that quote. I like that. Um, Amy Poehler, comedian, I really love my kids for about six minutes a day. <laughs> there's, no, there's nothing that. more beautiful than your sleeping child. Oh right? my god! Like, oh so look, true. you're so beautiful. You're asleep. I'm also, I've got my free time. Yeah. yeah, my god. Okay, and last quote, and this is a good one. Adele, like all parents, my husband and I just do the best we can and hold our breath and hope we've set aside enough money to pay for our kids' therapy. <laughs> Well, yeah, and no, I'm sure she's got enough money. It's fine. Yeah, she'll be fine. Big therapy. But do you think you'll have more kids? Um, have you thought about it? I mean, you're yeah, only, you're only I mean, like you 19 weeks into your second. Talk, so no, but talking premature. about talking about that the first memory and me actually agreeing with you and the fact that like the the birth, there was something so euphoric about that feeling. It's better than any um, drug. Uh, drug. Yeah. It's it's. It's addictive in a sense if you've had a positive experience. Yeah. Like I can imagine how traumatic it is. I know lots of my friends have had a horrendous births. Yeah, and mine. Yeah, and like for 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 me, there was something I've never felt more goddess-like, mm. super woman-like, um, elated, uh, invincible, and for that sheer feeling, I feel. Uh, I'm looking at him and he's growing up really quickly, my second. And I think a, f- a few, like few weeks after when I was knackered after having him, I was like, I want to have a third one. Yeah. And Sam's like, really? And I was like, yeah, I, I, I want to experience that again just because that, it was so beautiful. I was surrounded by the most incredible women. We called, yeah. his middle name is um, is Rafa uh, after after the initials of the midwives because we had such oh an amazing time. Oh my God, babe, I know. No, but level. like, and it yeah. sounds a bit like, people would be like, oh, no, right, that's mate. beautiful. But like, these women were so strong. Yeah. Like, they were incredible. Francine, Roisin, um, Annie, and, um, and Amy. Like, they yeah. were just like, they were, it was the most beautiful moment wow. wow and like it was it was just it was uh, i just feel like i want that again equally i i would i'll, I'll bring the child up i would just you know yeah, it'd, yeah. Be, it'd, be, it'd be lovely <laughs> to have them i do, i'm a i'm one of three so how many are you of? i'm one of four so do you want any more i went through like an enormous very intense phase about six months ago of, of being like i have to decide because i turned 40 right and i was like i need to i need to fucking know i need to decide this is it it's crunch time am i gonna have one or am i not mm. and i kind of said that i really did 
And then um, I really thought I did and my husband didn't. Mm. And then... Um, Is it because you feel like you're getting your life back? Uh, it, it, not your life back because life I think, is amazing. I think, but... I, think I felt, I felt, I felt um, what's the word, um, resentful that I had to make the decision mm, now, mm. Um, which I don't. I could get pregnant when I'm 42. That's mm-hmm, fine. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But I felt resentful that I had to decide. But I really felt like I needed to know one way or another. And then after Christmas, Riley started sleeping through. And, and I had kind of two or three months of just sleep. And, and I felt like I was coming out of a thick fog. Mm. And I was like, oh, everything's easy. Everything's mm. manageable. Mm. Everything's feasible. Uh, you know, and, and since then, I haven't wanted to have another baby. Because the idea of going back yeah. is... Um, is not that appealing, and also the, the 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 kind of relationship between those two is beautiful. And I, I spoke to I I'm so I'm very similar to you in that way. Mm. I'm just like fucking blur about all yeah, my feelings yeah, and really open yeah, to yeah. people. And everyone I met, taxi drivers, people in <laughs> raves, everyone's like, "What do you think I should do?" do, think I should do? <laughs> oh my god, I've so been there. And everyone's like, everyone was just said no, basically. But I mean, I'm not that I'm judging. But one guy was just like, "Just get a dog." <laughs> There's so much. <laughs> Um, Jesse, thank you so much. Oh my god, I feel like I, no. I feel like I'm still baby brain, so I'm like it's a bit of a blur. And you've just like we've just basically given each other a therapy session. <laughs> Parenting <laughs> therapy. There's something in that. Yeah, yeah, there is. Parenting therapy. But yeah, thank you so much. Oh my god, thank you. I look forward to the record. Oh, I look thanks. forward to you doing it your way. Thanks. But just make sure you come and get interviewed on my show. Yeah. Oh my god, babe. Like <laughs> you're like yeah, absolutely. Well, <laughs> if I can get in at the right time, because I may be doing fucking bedtime. Bring the babies. <laughs> Yes, you wouldn't look like that's. I'll be like, okay, fine, yeah, sure, sure. (laughs) Thanks, darling. Okay, so that was more like a therapy session than a conversation. I hope that you got something out of it. I hope you found it insightful and interesting. It was just so good to talk to Jesse and, uh, I think so many new mums are really isolated and just talking is very good. Being able to be honest with someone and feel like you can say exactly what you want about all the good, bad and ugly sides of parenting uh, is really important. Um, Yeah, so I hope you enjoyed it. If you've got anything to say, any reactions, please email me, findingannimac at gmail.com. I'm very excited to get any emails with regards to this podcast, so please send them through. Next week on the podcast, we talk about the weird and absurd world of fame. Um, And I really wanted to speak to one woman specifically about this episode because she came to fame quite late in life and has kind of experienced all different levels of fame. And she's fucking wonderful and she's Irish, so obviously I love her. And she's a really successful writer and actress. Her name is Sharon Horgan. I went to her house. We had a wonderful chat about her career and her relationship with fame over the years. I was just too sort of embarrassed at my terrible situation to go home. I think I just thought someone was going to tap me on the shoulder and say, oh my God, you are, come with me. (laughs) Clearly you are talented Uh, and beautiful. Get (laughs) on that screen. (laughs) Honestly. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then I think I continued to think that for a while until I stopped thinking it. And and then it it was more sort of like oh, it's never going to happen. I'll have to find something else to do. Mm. We'll see you next week. Bye.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.